2: I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to the Dal of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas. And Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks. All the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the International King of Swing.
1: Hey, warm hello. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great show for you. In a few days, we're going to have Major League Baseball back into our lives, so getting us set for the season is going to be Jason Collette. He's going to be explaining just the oddities of this season, why you can't look at it from a betting and a DFS standpoint the way that you would a normal season, some of the teams that he's a little bit higher on, some of the attributes that he thinks is going to be good for individual players, teams in general, so... We're going to have a lot of fun with that in the final segment. Going to give you a side total on every game on Tuesday morning's KBO betting board and a little something I like to call touch them all. I'm going to be dropping the MPB from this podcast just because we are going to be starting up with the MLB within the next couple days. So I'm dropping the MPB just because, for one, it's, as you guys know, harder to find stats and that, much more than the KBO, much harder to find streams. So I'm taking the time that I was putting into the MPB and said, I am allocating it to getting ready for the MLB season these next couple days. I'm sure that you guys can understand that. And obviously, once we get opening day in the MLB, going to be giving you guys a sign total on every single MLB game. And then from there, I will still be keeping up with the KBO, but on this podcast, I'm only going to be doing breakdowns with Major League Baseball just because with KBO, you've got wonky start times, but I'll be still putting all of that KBO stuff on my Twitter feed at juniorsquarty 41 so have no fear there. I will be still keeping up with KBO for you guys, and I always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something that you'd like answered on this podcast, it into my timeline at juniorsquarty 41 If you send these via direct message, aka DM, well... Unfortunately for you, the letter ZM to me, me does not matter. And really, the only questions I've been getting is with regards to these summer camp exhibition games. I know that there was a little bit of a questionable score when it comes to the White Sox versus Cubs game as to whether or not it was 6-3 or 7-3. And all I can tell you guys is exactly what I told you guys on this podcast two days ago. If you're betting on these summer camp exhibition games, I really don't know what to tell you you're having a whole lot more staked on the score of these games than any of these teams. We saw in the bottom of the ninth of that Yankees versus Mets game. The Yankees who were the home team were up 6 to nothing, and they were batting in the bottom of the ninth inning. So it's a good old who's line, is it anyway saying with regards to these exhibition games. Everything's made up and the points don't matter. Don't bet these games. Just take these games. Make sure that everyone's looking healthy. Make sure that some of the guys that you're keying in on for the upcoming season, they're looking as sharp as you want them to look. That's what you should be doing right now and get your all primed up for Thursday when the actual games start up so that's just the best advice I can give you there now let's take a look back at everything that we noticed from the KBO Sunday morning try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better
0: what happened yesterday let's go around the bases and find out
1: things unfortunately did not go the way of our good friends the Smiling Blobs they wind up losing to the NC Dinos by a count of 8-2 the KT whiz, who we do call the Smiling Blobs did not get a good start out of one. Audrey Samir de He has now given up four plus runs in six out of his last ten starts. Three plus runs in seven out of his last ten. And in this one, he just completely got exploded upon four and two thirds innings. He gives up eight runs off, which were earned. Good news is, bullpen of the KT Wiz. They actually look quite sharp in this one. Three and a third innings. They give up one hit and no earned runs, so... You know what? That's a little bit of a good sign for our good Blobio friends. Meanwhile, Jay Hackley, a terrific start for the NC Dino. Six innings, he gives up two runs to what has been a very high KT lineup. And in this one, if you're looking for something encouraging for the Blobs, how about one Mel Rojas Jr.? He winds up going deep. I don't know about you, but he's feeling 22, just like Taylor Swift, his 22nd home on the year. That leads the KBO. That was really the only sign of promise for the team. Meanwhile, for the NC Dinos, they were able to get a long bomb of their own off the bat of Jin Sung Kong. That is his 10th home run of the year. Before this year, he had three career home runs. So that tells you what sort of a season he's having right now. And the sort of season that Anwa is having right now, well, it's not good. They wind up losing to the LG Twins by a count of 6-2. In this one, for the Twins, they really opened things up into the 8th inning. Four runs in that inning, and good news for Anwa is that Brandon Barnes has looked very good for them. 3 of 4 in this one. He was able to get his first RBI in the KBO, so that's a very encouraging sign. And then what was the difference maker for LG was that big 8th inning for one, but the other thing is Hunsu Kim. He has been white hot. He has been able to give the team 6 home runs over the last 3 weeks. He winds up going deep in this one, his 12th of the campaign. Already more home runs than he had during the 2019 season. Warwick Soppel just just wound up getting lit up towards the end of this game. Seven at third innings. He gives up six runs, five of which were earned. He was really rolling until that eighth inning. Meanwhile, Casey Kelly, a very good start. Six and a third innings of one-run ball. He wound up getting hit around a little bit the first time through the order, but 11 punch outs, bullpen from there. They go two and two thirds innings. They give up one run. So that was pretty rock solid. The Lotte Giants were able to win a lower scoring game against the Samsung Lions by kind of two to one. And Action Dan Straley gets another win. Six innings of one run ball. He gets six punch outs. His lone blemish in this one was the fact that he gave up a home run to Jawu Koo. Koo has been doing a very good job for this team, hitting a 356. That's his seventh home run in the campaign. So he certainly has been doing his. Part for Samsung, but as we know, Tyler Saladino is currently out of the full for this team, and David Buchanan, a tough luck loser, he goes eight innings. He gives up two runs, both of which came in the first inning, and both came off the bat of one Daeho Lee. Daeho Lee, as we know, the former Seattle Mariner from the 2016 season. He winds up going yard for his 11th home run in the campaign. That was the difference maker in this one. The difference maker for the SK Wyverns was a big eighth inning for them as they were able to hang a four spot. They take down the Hudos of Kiwoon by a count of four to three. And in this one, Sung Moon winds up getting the no decision. He once again had a pretty solid start. Seven innings, gives up three runs. This is a gentleman that is two and six with a 3.30 ERA. So he certainly has been. A gentleman that has not been able to get the brakes to go his way. But for SK, bullpen was good in this one. They wind up going two innings. They give up one hit and no earned runs. Meanwhile, for Kiwoom, Jake Brigham, solid start in this one. Five innings of scoreless baseball, but he is still trying to build himself back up after an injury. Bullpen from there. They wind up lighting the game on fire, giving up four runs over the course of three innings. That was really costly for them. And for the SK Wyverns, they were just able to come up with those timely hits late in the game. They didn't have any home runs. But what was big for the team is that Sun Hun Kim at the nine spot wound up going three of three in this game as SK had six total hits. He had three of them. Difference in the game right there, and the difference for the Tucson Bears was just being able to rip the Kia Tigers apart. This game was filled with a little bit of controversy because Matt Williams tried to challenge a play during the fourth inning in which the team was able to hang a four-spot, but they could have had more. He called up for the review; it was not granted to him. It was a big what you to do, and the Tucson Bears wind up being able to get an eight-to-four win in this one. One Jose Miguel Fernandez winds up hitting a home run. He has been white off for this team. He's a gentleman that's hitting right in the neighborhood of 375. That is his 12th home run of the campaign. He's got 48 RBI. And then you also had a big day from JLO. He did not get a home run, but three of five, five, count them, five RBI for this team. And for the Kia Tigers, they were able to do a very solid job in that fourth inning as well. But Preston Tucker, oh, five in this game. So that was a little bit rough. Minwoo Lee, the starter for Kia, he winds up giving up four runs over the course of six innings. And the bullpen for the Kia Tigers, which entered with the best ERA in the KBO going into this day, they wind up going a grand total of three innings to give up four runs. Doosan's bullpen, they were much better. Four Innings of scoreless baseball after young Ali wound up giving up four runs over the course of five innings so that is what we all noticed from the KBO Sunday morning now let's talk about baseball coming back in the states Jason Collette is going to be talking about the teams that he's really looking at how you got to be gauging this 2020 season more differently from both a DFS and a betting standpoint than you ever have before and so much more going to be a nice wide-ranging conversation with Jason Collette of RotoWire. next right here on the baseball betting podcast myself Greg Peterson
0: Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the overtime network hotline. And we are back here on
1: the baseball betting podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to be joined by our next guest. He does a great job of looking at the MLB for Rotowire. He, much like myself, is very happy that baseball is back. He is out there on the East Coast, and you can follow him on Twitter at his name at Jason Collette. Last name is spelled C O L L E T T E. As it is, Jason Collette joining me right here on the podcast and. It is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? Hey, Greg, thanks for having me.
2: How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic, and I know you're doing terrific as well. As you've been taking a look at just what to expect for the upcoming MLB season, I know that about a month or so ago you came up with a list of the most intriguing pitchers for 2020. What are some of the guys that you think might be able to bust out this upcoming season
2: because I know that there are quite a few young arms that you're quite high on. You know, one of the things I think people need to understand is that this season will be unlike any other season in many ways, not just the fact that it's 60 games instead of 162. And that's assuming we get all the way through the season. Let's say we do. But the way the pitchers will be used, if you think about the fact that we have 30-man rosters to start the season for the first two weeks, then we go to 28. So half the season, is going to be larger roster sizes than we've ever had. And when managers have extra tools, they tend to use those on the pitching side. And so I could see a world where we have starting pitchers not going as deep into games. And managers leveraging that bullpen. So when you try to look through, it's like, hey, what's going to happen here? I was looking at Samaj yesterday and I could not believe a guy like Kenta Maeda wasn't even on the board for Cy Young. You look at everybody else that's on there and what's possible. I really love the Twins this year. Just the way that whole team has made up their bullpen, the rotation, the manager, all those things. But I think that's what people have to understand is this is going to be such a non-traditional season where you could have a reliever leading the league in wins. And you may have the same guy wins and saves. I don't know because we don't have any baseline to establish this. So as you do your thing, please understand this is an abnormal season. You are going to see some abnormal usage of pitchers.
1: I am right there with you. And the teams, I think that this is going to help out the most are the teams that do have great pitching depth, but they might not have those front-line aces because I am right there with you. I think that it's going to be very tough for some of these guys to go the 7-plus settings that they're used to. I do think that Garrett Cole Max Scherzer, they're going to be ready to go at the beginning of the year, but even they, if they would maybe go on average like 110 pitches, they might be down to more like 95 or 100, but the guys I look at to be able to have some success are these guys that they are economical with their pitches, like a Hun Jin Ru, a guy that has a variable walk rate. I look at that. And then, obviously, a team that you're very fond of, the Tampa Bay Rays, I think that just because of overall pitching depth and the way that they've maneuvered their lineup last couple years, it bodes very well for a team
2: like that. Yeah, exactly. That's where you're going to see these teams that have put effort into the bullpen. You know, Some teams that I look at that have the advantage with that bullpen, you mentioned Tampa Bay with the depth in their pitching, but San Diego – and the Yankees, to me, those are the three best bullpens in baseball. In San Diego, I'm very intrigued in, because part of what got them in trouble last year were two different areas. One, their pitchers couldn't get deep in the games. They left them out there a little long to soak up some work and play by the NL rules, and they paid for it. Now, they don't have to worry about pitchers hitting, so they can just pull that pitcher whenever they want to, and not have to worry about the lineup, and they have a very deep bullpen. And you just saw them add even more depth to it by trading Franchi Cordero away for Tim Hill the other day, and so I'm very curious to see how San Diego takes it advantage of that deep and talented bullpen. The Yankees, even with their oldest Chapman currently out with COVID, plenty of depth in that bullpen for them to be nasty as well. And guy like Tanaka, who got in trouble last year staying in games too long, doesn't have to do that this year. That's an advantage that some of these teams have, especially with the increased roster. They'll be able to leverage where the starter may only have to go 15 to 18 batters faced. And then they can bring in the bullpen and play the matchups the rest of the game.
1: Jason, we've got to really feel bad about the New York Yankees. Though. I mean, without our oldest Chapman, now they need to rely upon Zach Brayden to close out games. A guy that had won the greatest seasons for a closer ever like three or four years ago. I mean... The poor New York Yankees, as we do have Jason Collette Jr. to be right here on the podcast. I'm right there with you on them, though. I do think that the Yankees are the World Series favorite because I take a look at the teams that had this layoff. There are a couple teams that obviously kills a little bit of momentum and takes them out of their groove. But this actually, in my opinion, really helped out the New York Yankees. As we know, Aaron Judge was probably not going to be in there to start out the season. James Paxton was all sorts of banged up. You also have John Carlos Stanton, who always seems to be dealing with injuries. Now you've got all these guys healthy, ready to go. It seems like the only guy that's going to be out is Roldis Chapman, who you mentioned a little bit earlier. I just find
2: it hard to have any team above the Yankees going into the season as a World Series favorite. Greg, right, I would agree. On paper, this should be a Yankees-Dodgers World Series, and our fathers would love this, you know, harken back to the days of the 70s type of thing. That's what it should be on paper, but we know the season isn't played on paper. The Yankees have a lot of depth. I mentioned the bullpen, but it's all over the roster. I mean, key players for them last year, like Mike Talkman, can't even crack the lineup now because everybody is back healthy. If We go back to March, and we're looking at a full season. As you mentioned Judge out, Stanton out, you know, Clint Frazier may not even be able to crack the lineup. He's had a great spring and summer camp, but they have an embarrassment of depth. And that's what you need in this short season. So again, on paper, they are the odds favorite to win for a reason because they have all the tools and could absorb a loss. Like Chapman, like you said, Britain had an amazing year, but even at Britain, you got Atavino, you got Chad Green, you got Tommy Canley. They've got guys all over the place. Clark Schmidt, Michael King, just keep throwing names out. And they have all these high octane arms with sick breaking stuff.
1: I'm right there with you. And then taking a look at from both a betting and a DFS standpoint as well, typically in an MLB season, you'll notice that the hitters are a little bit behind the pitchers because typically you're starting out these games in a lot of times colder atmospheres. So you go to like Detroit, Minnesota, when you get a fastball that's on the inner half and you fell it away, that's going to hurt. In July, you certainly don't have to deal with that, and let's face it, what I was talking about a little bit earlier with regards to these starting pitchers, are just not going to be able to go as deep. They're not going to be as prepared, in my opinion, because they just don't have the elements to be able to stay as loose as most other guys. Now, that's not true for a guy like Trevor Bauer that was pitching to live batters out there in Arizona, but for the most part, that certainly is not the case, and I do think that we're going to see some very high-scoring games because... You not just start out the year with the hitters having a little bit more of an advantage, in my opinion, but you also start out with all this humidity, and I think that the ball is just going to be flying.
2: Yeah, if you watch some of the videos on social media this week, the Super Happy Fun Baseball appears to have done very well in the offseason because the ball is flying. In the scrimmage between the Yankees and the Mets, Clint Frazier put one in the upper tank and left center field. That's not easy to do. Luis Robert hit one into the back row of U.S. or whatever they call guaranteed rate park. I think it is. And then CJ Crone had a home run bomb by Riley Green the other day. And even the announcer said he poked this one out in the left. And if it wasn't for an amazing catch by Riley Green, it's going out of the yard. Now that said, with this usage of the pitchers that could temper some of that home runs. Yeah. I look back at last year, Starting pitching ERA went up by a full run every time through the lineup. So if these guys aren't going to go in as deep, perhaps we see the home runs are tempered off just a little bit because last year, one in every four home runs given up by a starting pitcher came after the second time through the lineup. And so if 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 managers are going to be more aggressive in taking those guys out, We'll see a reduction in home runs. I'm not saying it's going to go from one and four and relievers are never going to give up one. We know relievers are going to give up home runs, but maybe we don't have as many home runs in that fifth and sixth and seventh frame as that third time through when the lineup typically comes up. And so it's just something to watch in this season as we can have a unique set of circumstances affecting the outcomes of games.
1: And certainly managers are going to be a little bit more willing to go to the pen as well with expanded rosters, especially in the first half of the season, as well as we do have Jason Collette of RotoWire joining me right here. On the podcast, and I do think that there are so many elements to be watching for right now. But I've been taking a look at some of these summer camp exhibition games and Some of my big takeaways are the fact that we are noticing some of these guys, they're not necessarily in the greatest of shape. We know that Ioannis Cespedes has been out of the fold for over a full year. I was watching him run the bases against the New York Yankees on Saturday. My goodness, he does not look like the old Ioannis Cespedes. That's sort of to be expected. But I do think something to watch out for with regards to these hitters is lower body injuries. We've seen it in these foreign legs like the KBO, the MPB, what have you. A lot of guys missing some time with regards to these lower body injuries. And if a guy winds up tweaking a hamstring, either A, he's going to be out for quite a bit of the season because, as we know, the season's just north of two months long. Or B, Mm -hmm. if he does wind up playing, he's just not going to be the same. So it is really something to take note of. Even something that we would consider to be an, I quote, minor in a regular baseball season can really play a role.
2: Absolutely. I mean, a hamstring injury could be half a season gone away. The dreaded oblique injury could be half the season gone away. And that's really where the impact. So something in a normal season, which may impact three to four weeks. You're like, okay, there's six months in a season. I can absorb that. You're thinking as a team, but if you lose one of your guys to a hammy or an oblique, that could be half a season. And that's where it becomes more of an impact. And you have to, and that's where depth comes in play. We have seen an increase of injury rates in the KBO as they did the same kind of, Hey, we're going to get started. We stopped and we're going to restart. So I would expect to see the same kind of thing, Here in the major leagues as well, we'll see how it plays out early on in the season. But again, teams that have the depth have an advantage over everybody else.
1: No doubt. And I certainly do think that what else is going to be... Very interesting to watch is the DH in the National League because you've got to think that some of these guys that they do wear down a little bit, they are going to need that DH spot. I think that you ain't assessment with the New York Mets. He's certainly going to be in that spot. The LA Dodgers have some guys that are a little bit up there in years. And let's face it, they just got a glut of guys that are able to hit So. They're able to just sort of pass that around whenever a guy needs sort of a half day. You stick them in that DH spot. But the team I really think benefits is the Cincinnati Reds. With sighting and Cassianos in the offseason, it seemed like they had four outfielders for three spots. You've obviously got a guy, Joey Votto, that's getting up there in years as well. And with them having all the hitting that they do, and on top of that, guys like Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Rocio Iglesias being able to close out games. This is a team that's very dangerous, and I feel like the DH spot makes them just all the better out there in the National League.
2: Yeah, it should be a very fun team to watch. I would say another team along those lines, similar construction is the White Sox. But yeah, I do like what you said about the Reds, and you know Castellanos doesn't like being told he's a bad defender, but the metrics play it out. He's not a good defender. So being able to go to the DH will help. But I think overall the National League is going to use that DH, like you said, as a day off and rotate it because there's only so many, even in the American League, there's only so many full-time DHs. I mean, Nelson Cruz is the best. Chris Davis, for the most part, full-time DH. Most teams use it as a rotating day off. It's not our father's DH, where you sign an old guy, and you throw him in there. It's just a rotational basis, and you platoon some guys. But in National League, you can see that. And, you know, even staying in the National League, a guy like Jay Bruce benefits tremendously for that with Philadelphia. He could be the DH against right-handed pitching there, and a very nice ballpark for him, too. And that gives them an added value, because they signed Jay Bruce just for some depth. But with the DH, the value of that depth is increased.
1: I'm right there with you. And then one team that I think is really going under the radar, and I feel like they have a chance to be able to win their division. We're all talking about the Chicago White Sox, and no doubt. I think that they're going to have a very good year. But how about the Cleveland Indians? It almost feels like this team has become a little bit of chopped liver. As we know, they no longer have Yasiel El they wound up acquiring during the 2019 Mm -hmm. run. But with that said, I do expect quite a bit from this team. Jose Ramirez was just a hot mess during the 2019 season. I think he's capable of a little bit more. You've obviously got Lindor. And what I think really helps out the Cleveland Indians is that during the 2019 season, You had a very good bullpen with this team. Brad Ann was sometimes a little bit shaky, but Nick Whitgren was able to do a really good job. as one of the better setup men out there in the MLB. You've still got quite a few guys that are able to do a nice job for the team. And a guy that I'm really looking out for is Christian Arroyo, who they wound up picking up as well. I think that this is a bunch that overall, I think, is going just a little bit underappreciated because year in and year out, they've been a very solid team under Terry Francona. I think that they're capable of good
2: things once again this year. Yeah, team has a lot of potential. When you look up and down the lineup, adding Cesar Hernandez and and him setting the table will be nice in front of Ramirez, Lindor, Santana, and the Franimal Reyes there. To the point, the bullpen, one of the concerns you had in the bullpen last year, you've seen it the last two years, in a full season is Brad Hand has tired down by the end of the season. He was terrible in September and started to fade in late August because he is leveraged so often by this team and by Terry Francona. Now in a shorter season, he shouldn't tire out as quickly. He'd lived towards the finish line each of the last two seasons, but they'd have some overall nice depth. I'm really curious to see how the kid James Karinchak steps up in that bullpen as well. I mean, you look at relievers who could strike out two every three guys they face when they're on, when they're on their game. He's one of them. So it'll be very interesting to see how the, all that plays out into the mix and match they do with somebody like Adam Simber and Oliver Perez playing matchup. They're always in the picture. Some people may be overlooking them because people are focused on the Twins and the White Sox and the potential that White Sox lineup has because offensively, it's amazing. I think it's a better team than Cleveland, but the problem is they don't have have the pitching Cleveland has
1: no doubt and I do think that a little bit of an under the radar guy that this team was able to acquire at the trade deadline last year Phil Mayton I've been a little bit high on him I feel like he can be a nice long reliever for this team he can do a variety of different things so I think he's going to be able to step up for the Cleveland Indians as well as we do have Jason Collette joining me on the podcast and Jason, we've talked about quite a few teams that we do have our eye on as of right now. And when it t- comes to divisions, I think the two that are most intriguing are the NL Central and the NL East, Because in both of these divisions, I feel like you've legitimately got all but one team that's able to win. it. Out there in the NL East, I'm sorry, but the Miami Marlins, I think that they're going to be a fish fry. And when you've got the Pittsburgh Pirates, to use the famous line from dodgeball, their best player thinks he's a pirate. I mean, it's just <laughs> those two teams you can just throw out the mix. But I think that in both these divisions, you're going to find a bunch of teams that they're hovering right around 30 to 32 or so wins. They're barely above 500 because they beat up on the division punching bag. But these are the two divisions where I think things are the most tightly knit. And I do think that in the end, it is going to come back to what we've been talking about a lot in this interview, just the overall depth that's going to be able to lift that team
2: that wins these divisions over the top. Yeah, I agree. Especially in the NL East, when you think about the fact that you've got the Braves and the Nationals and the Mets beating up on one another. And then you have interleague play where the Mets have to play the Yankees, what, six times, eight times? They've got a really tough schedule. But I think the Mets, on paper, really good team this year. But I liked the Mets a lot heading into last year, and everything fell apart on them. And that's what the problem is with the Mets, is every time you really like, okay, this is going to be the year something bad happens. Their Achilles heel, when you stare at their roster right now, is how are they going to get pitching beyond DeGrom and beyond Strowman? Can they squeeze anything out of Rick Porcello and Steven Matz and Michael Waka? And getting back to what we were talking about earlier— Maybe they just don't let those guys go deep in the games. You let them pitch 15, to 18 batters and then you pull it out and you go into that bullpen and see what's possible because they have nice depth in that bullpen to me highlighted by Seth Lugo, a guy that just has been a specialist in going multiple innings and has started previously in his career. But I really like what he's capable of. So on paper, I'm excited to see what the Mets are capable of as long as they don't mess things up.
1: <laughs> Mets things up. I absolutely love it. And Jason, I absolutely love the work that you do over there at Roto wire. You guys do an absolutely terrific job. I would like to close it up with this. Let the good people know what you're all working on right now. I know that you've come up with quite a few charts to be able to just gauge what you're looking at with regards to stats for the upcoming season. Mm -hmm. I know you're a great follow on Twitter. So let the good people know just what you're doing right now. And I'm sure that you, much like myself, very amped up for opening day on Thursday.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you, three weeks ago, I did not think we were going to get to Thursday. I was very pessimistic. I had about a 20% chance of that actually happening. So I'm happy that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel for the baseball season. Everything else still trying to make progress, but baseball is going to be here. And that's what I'm excited about. But right now, I'm spending a lot of time on Twitter trying to get people in this frame of mind. This is an abnormal baseball season. If you're a traditionalist, either from a real baseball or a fantasy baseball perspective, Both of those things will be disruptive. You should enjoy what you're going to have because it's all we have right now. I mean, for me, I don't do anything else. I don't do football. I don't do golf or soccer or racing this is it for me. This is what I need and I'm happy we've gotten to this point.
1: Yeah, myself as well. I also do college basketball, but obviously with regards to the MLB and college basketball, two completely different years, so I am all in on this baseball season. I am so happy it's here. Much like you, I was a little bit pessimistic as well, but gosh darn it, we needed it. We've been getting a lot of bad news just of life in general. The fact that we've got baseball coming into our lives on Thursday is something that's a victory for you. It's a victory for me. Gosh darn it, it's a victory for the American people. And Jason, you're doing a great job of breaking it down. So, big thanks to Jason Collette for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. How it is that time coming up next. They give you a side of on every game on Tuesday morning's KBO Betting Board as we touch them all.
0: Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion.
1: And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Jason Collette of Rotowire for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time the podcast, I give you a side and total on every game on the Tuesday morning KBO betting board as we touch them all.
0: If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
1: Like I said before, I'm just going to be sticking with the KBO right now because I'm actually finding that as well, there are fewer places that are now not offering the MPB as I'm doing this podcast right now. The numbers actually are not up at Circa as well, which is one of the main places that I was finding the MPB as well, so... That is drying up so these next few days we're going to be going KBO only. And as I've been saying on this podcast as well, really, other than Pinnacle, you're betting on the team and the team only. So say for the Kiwum Heroes and the Deuce on Bears game, you think that Eric Jokic is going to be going for the Kiwum Heroes. And instead you get Superman because somehow, someway he's going to be pitching in the KBO. Well, congratulations. Superman is the man that you are betting on, which that actually wouldn't be a bad bait and switch idea. So there actually is a whole life of a lot worse than that. But as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. And that begins with 304 3 304, 602. You do have the heroes, and they are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Doosan Bears. You're pretty much finding this at minus 110 across the board with both of these teams. You might find the heroes at right around minus 105-ish, but Pretty much, you're going to be finding this right around minus 110 on both sides. And your total on this game is 8, with the 8 having over juice anywhere between even a minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 120. And a good pitching matchup in this one. Raul Alcontra is going to be going for the Deuce on Bears. Meanwhile, one Eric Jokic is going to be going for the Kiwumiros. And if you're taking a look at Eric Jokic, this guy has been absolutely terrific. Really aside from that game against the Lotte Giants in which he wound up giving up four runs but most of them were unearned. He has been pretty untouchable so far this season. You're taking a look at a guy who's 9-2 with a buck 62 ERA. He has just been absolutely lights out with that regard. He's not even the biggest swing and missed pitcher. 83 in the third innings. He's only gotten 56 strikeouts but here's the thing. 14 walks and 3 home runs given up. He has just been lights out with that regard. He has given up 3 earned runs or fewer in every one of his starts so far this year. I mentioned that one start against Lotte and which he gave up more than three total runs, but they weren't all earned. Meanwhile, you take a look at Raul Alcantara. He pretty much has the best velocity of any pitcher that you're going to find out there in the KBO, and he's been lights out as well. A 9-1 record. This is someone that has went so far 83 and a third innings himself. He's given up a little bit more contact, but he's kept the walks down. 17 walks, 75 punch outs. You take a look at what he's done recently. He has given up more than three earned runs just once ever since May 12th, so he has also been just absolutely terrific for this team, and I will say the. decent on bullpen. has been better recently in the Muros, They're in the top three when it comes to the KBO bullpen ERA, and we know this as well. These are two teams that have very fearsome lineups. That's why they're number two and number three out there in the KBO. Jose Miguel Fernandez has went deep 12 times so far this year. He does a great job of just being able to get on base 378 batting average, but then you've got Kun min Her, 381 batting average. He's come out of nowhere. JLO is hitting at 349. He had 5 RBI for the team on Sunday. He's certainly been doing his job. Jay Wano, surprisingly, has been Scuffling a little bit. He's hitting right around 243. But Jaywan Kim, he's been a different story. The 2018 KBO MVP, he's been able to supply the team with 11 home runs, 57 RBI. He's in the top three in the KBO with regards to on as well. And then you take a look at the Kiwo Muros. Byungo Park has really been able to pick it up with regards to power. Batting average is up in there this year. 229 batting average, but 368 on base. He has been able to go deep 17 times with 46 RBI. And then you've got a bunch of guys around him that are providing a lot as well. Jung-Hoo Lee. 12 home runs, 52 RBI, hitting a 362, 423 on base. Ha Sung Kim, oh yeah, 15 home runs, 51 RBI. He has been just rock solid. These are two teams that are very deep, but I do think that it's going to be a terrific pitching matchup. Doosan's bullpen has been better as of late, but I have a little bit more faith in the Kiwo heroes. They've got arguably, in my opinion, the best closer that you're going to find out there in the KBO. As we know, these bullpens are pretty darn awful, but Sung Woo Jo, .73 ERA. He has been absolutely terrific whenever he's coming to the game. I think that he's going to be able to close this one out. So for that reason, we are going to go with the Kiwo in this spot and we're going to be taking this little under. 304-603 304-604. You've got yourself the Anwa Eagles and they are going to be playing most of the Kia Tigers. Here's a shocker. The Kia Tigers are the biggest favorite on the board as they're going up against Anwa. You're going to be finding the Kia Tigers anywhere between minus 215 and minus 225 if you're looking at Anwa. Going to be getting them anywhere between plus 185 and plus 195, and your total on this game is 9. If you're looking at the over, you're going to find it anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Bum Su Kim is going to be going for Anwa. Meanwhile, Drew Gagnon is going to be going for the Kia Tigers. With the Kia Tigers, they've got the best bullpen ERA out there in the KBO. That is a very good sign. And Gagione, he's been a little bit up and down. He's been a little bit better ever since. He's done a better job of being able to hide his pitches, but with that said, he is a little bit prone to giving up some runs. 5-3 record, 388 ERA. This is someone that he's going to be able to get you some punch-outs. He's won a grand total of 67 and a third innings, 70 strikeouts, but the 27 walks are a little bit high. Now, I will say this as well. He's only given up two home runs so far this year, but But the long ball is not necessarily what you're concerned about with Anwa. This is a team that's everything a half home run per game. They are way down there in last place for fewest home runs per game of any team out there in the KBO. Then you take a look at Bumsu Kim. Well, he's been not necessarily a bump so far this year as he actually won his last start against the KT Wiz, better known as the good old Smiling Blobs. He won five and two-thirds innings, giving up one run in that start. And I will say this, he has given up three runs or fewer in all but one of his starts so far this year. But with that said, I do think that things are going to catch up with him. He's been outperforming what he's done in the past in the KBO. He's got a career 588 ERA and you just take a look at him. He began the year as a reliever. His last five appearances have been starts. Grand total of 46 and two-thirds innings so far this year and 45 Punch-outs is nice, but here's what's going to haunt him. 31 walks. He's given up six home runs in those 46 and two-thirds innings as well. With Hanwa. they've got a bottom three bullpen ERA. And then you've got, with this Kia Tigers team, a team that's able to lumber up. Now, Preston Tucker is highly inconsistent. He went 0 of 5 for the team Sunday. But you also have a guy in G1 Nah. He's a guy that wound up going to third. He attempted to go home, and he was thrown out. That's absolutely embarrassing, but when he hits the ball out of the yard, he doesn't have to worry about that. He's been able to give the team 9 home runs, 40 RBI. Hung Wu Choi has been able to give the team 10 bombs, 39 RBI. He's hitting a 318 with Na. He's hitting more in the neighborhood of 286. And then you've got Chen Jin Lee. He hasn't necessarily seen a bunch of at-bats for this team 50 plate appearances, but in those limited at-bats, 364 batting average, 440 on base. He has been able to do a very nice job for the team. Channel Park has been able to do a nice job of be able to provide some good fielding and also has been a guy that has been highly reliable with getting on base recently as well. And then you take a look at Anwa, you gotta think that Brandon Barnes is gonna be able to give this team a nice spark. 3 of 4 for the team Sunday morning. You do have to like to see that, but with Anwa, this is also a team, like I was alluding to a little bit earlier. They've got one guy right now with more than 3 home runs. Jin Hong Choi. 6 home runs. He's been hitting a 250 that's really the main power bat of this team I think that this is just going to be a lashing by Kia in this spot. When you take a look at the Kia Tigers on the run line, you're going to be finding them right in the neighborhood of about minus 140 minus 145, but I do think it's good value so I'm going to be taking them along with you over in this spot. 304-605 304-606, you've got the KT Wiz, better known as the Smiling Blobs, and the Blobio friends are going to be taking on the LG Twins. The LG Twins find themselves as a slight favorite in this spot. Going to be getting them anywhere between minus 123 and minus 130 a little bit of random juice there, but with our Blobio friends. You're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 108 and plus 110 and that's part of the reason why I'm going to be continuing on with KBO. We cannot let down our Blob friends and with our Blob friends you are fighting the total on this game at 10. With the over juice of 10 it is anywhere between even a minus 105 under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. You're starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the good old smiling Blobs. You've got Jae Sungbae and you've got Tyler Wilson who's going to be going for the LG Twins and for Tyler Wilson. Been a little bit of a slow log for him so far this year. 4-5 record. He's got a 435 ERA. He hasn't necessarily been helped out by the fielding. That's for sure. Out of the 40 runs that he's given up so far this year, only 34 are earned. So that means that he's been the victim of 600 runs. That's a little bit brutal. Now he has given up 7 home runs in 70 and a third innings to go along with 23 walks and 48 punch outs, So a little bit here nor there. And he's just a guy that he's been pretty consistent recently. He's given up either 3 or 4 runs in now 4 out of his last 5 starts with regards to earned runs. There was one start in which he gave up three earned runs, but Five unearned runs on top of that as well. So needless to say, that was not necessarily rock solid. He's been doing a better job of not giving out walks as well. Two walks or fewer four out of his last five starts, but then you take a look at the blobs. You've got my man, Mel Rojas Jr. Who wound up hitting his 22nd home run of the season on Sunday. You've got like the fact that Becko Kung is hitting a little bit above a 300 despite the fact that he missed a couple weeks this season. He's been able to give the team 12 home runs and you've just got a bunch of other guys around him that are able to get on Mason. They're able to make these home runs two and three run shots. Guys like a Kung Su Park who's hitting a 284, 388 on base. Jay Gun Wong has been able to give the team a little bit above a 300 as well. And then the guy that you really need to take a look at, in my opinion, is Hun Jun Yu. How about a 288 batting average? He's been able to supply a little bit of power, 6 home runs, 28 RBI. I like what he's able to bring to the table. And with the blobs... Bullpen is awful. No fans fans or buts about it. Second worst bullpen ERA in the KBO. But when you take a look at the LG Twins, without their closer, they certainly have not been necessarily lights out in the bullpen as well. And for the LG Twins, Roberto Ramos wound up missing the team's game on Sunday due to injury. And even when he's been out there, he's hit two home runs over the last three and a half or so weeks for this team. He just is not the same player that he was at the beginning of the year. And I will say, Hunsu Kim over the last three weeks for this bunch, he's been able to give the team six home runs, 335 batting averages, 12 home runs, is already more than he hit during the 2019 game campaign, so you do have to like what he's able to bring to the table, and this is a team that they are starting to get a little bit healthier. They've been able to bring a couple of guys off the injured list recently, so I do think that that's going to be a little bit of a boost for him, as you've got Hong Jun Lee, a guy that wound up being pretty solid for the team during the 2019 season, was able to hit a 285 with 13 home runs. He was injured for the first part of the year. He has just come back. He's played 8 games. He's already given the team 2 home runs in that spot, but with that said, I do think that this is going to be a very solid start for Jay Sung Bae. He has a five records so far this year with a 360 ERA, 65 innings. He has given up seven home runs, and the 30 walks is a little bit unsightly, but he's done a nice job of keeping games out in front of him. He has given up two earned runs or fewer in each out of his last three starts. He's been able to deliver some good length. I like the fact that he was able to get nine punch outs in his last start as well, so his stuff has gotten more and more menacing as the season goes along. I think that he's backed up by a Blobs bullpen that has went from highly awful to pretty mediocre, and you know what? Pretty mediocre. Probably going to get the job done for the Blobs, so we are going to go with them along with the under in this spot. We move on to game number 304, 607, 304, 608. NC Dinos are going to be playing mostly Samsung Lions. If you're taking a look at the Leones, you are going to be finding them as a little bit of an underdog in this spot. You're going to be getting anywhere between plus 130 and plus 140 with the Dinos. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155 with your total on this game, hovering right around 10.5 with a lot of juice on the over. Over on 10.5 is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Under is anywhere between even a 110. Your starting pitching matchup for this one. Going for the Dinos of NC, you've got yourself Sung Young Choi and you've got Jung Hun Beck who's going to be going for the Samsung Lions. And for Beck, it's been really a tale of two seasons for this guy. He's been doing a better job recently and I will say there was a stretch of two starts. Towards the beginning of July, that was unsightly. He wound up going 10 innings, giving up 10 runs in starts against Kiwoom and LG, but in his last start against the Kia Tigers, much better. He gives up one under run over the course of five and two-thirds innings. And what I like about this guy's ball well is the fact that he just does a good job of being able to get enough punch-outs to be formidable. He has won 53 and 2 thirds innings, 42 strikeouts, and 16 walks. No advancement so far this year. That's something that's very rare. Now I will say this: the 10 home runs that he's given up, that is a little bit rough, but he's given up zero home runs in three out of last four starts as well. So he's been doing a better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Then you take a look at Mr. Choi. He wound up actually having not such a bad start on paper against Kiwoom. He went five innings. He gave up two runs. Here's the thing though. He did wind up giving up six hits four walks. He had to get out of bases loaded multiple times. He was very lucky that he only gave up two runs, and he's given up at minimum three walks in three out of his last four starts as well. That certainly is a little bit of an issue for him. He wound up starting out the year as a relief pitcher in his first appearance. He's been making his way as a starter, and it's just meh with him, and he's backed up by the worst bullpen out there in the KBO. Tyler Saladino has been out of the fold for the Samsung Lions, but you've got guys like Jawu Ku who are able to pick up the slack. He's been able to give the team a couple home runs. He's hitting above a 300. Now, you do need to get a little bit more out of some of these guys that have been up and down this year, like Ju Lee. He was white hot towards the middle of June. He's now hitting right around at 256. he He's been cooling off a little bit. One suck Lee has been pretty solid for the team. He doesn't suck. 280 batting average. He's been able to supply 49 RBI. You just have a bunch of guys up and down this lineup that have between 6 and 8 home runs. Min Okung has really been able to carry the mail with regards to power. 9 home runs for him. And then you take a look at the other side. It's going to be very fascinating to see what you're going to be able to get in this spot out of the NC Dinos, just because has been a little bit banged up the last couple weeks, but he looked very solid in the team's game on Sunday. Aaron Altair, he has been Altairistic so far this year. 298 batting average, 17 home runs, 59 RBI. Jun Sung Kong, 10 home runs, he was able to go deep. Once again, Sunday had 3 career KBO home runs before this year. Now he's hitting a 359. It's just absolutely ridiculous. He Quan has been very solid as well. He's hitting nearly a 295. I mean, the list goes on and on. You're going to have a fearsome lineup, but once again, bullpen. What are you going to be able to get out of them is the question. I do think it'll be halfway decent, but I think that the Lions, a team that has a very formidable bullpen as well, and they've got Soho of MLB fame from the Colorado Rockies along with the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to be on in a safe situation, so I think he's going to be able to hold down the fort, so for that reason, going with the Lions in this spot along with the under, and we wrap things up with game number 304-609, 304-610. You've got yourself the Giants of Lote hitting the road to face off against the SK Wyverns. If you're taking a look at this game, it's pretty much a pick across the board. You're going to be finding either of these teams hovering anywhere between minus 105 and minus one. 10 based on the juice. Typically, a lot of these spots have been offering more in the neighbor of minus 108 juice, so you're pretty much getting for both Lote and SK anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110, and your total on this game is 9.5. With the over of 9.5, it's anywhere between even a plus 105. Under is anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. You've got Adrian Sampson, who's going to be taking the mound for the Giants. Meanwhile, Ricardo Pinto is going to be going for the SK Wyverns, and with one of my favorite names to say, Ricardo Pinto. It's really been a slog for him so far this year. In his last start against Tucson, he got off to a pretty good start, and then he winds up giving up five rounds over the course of five innings. He's just been a walks machine so far this year. How about over the course of 72 and a third innings, he has given up a grand total of 43 walks of so 40 strikeouts? That's not what you're looking for in your foreign born pitcher. And here's also something that you're not looking for in your foreign born pitcher Adrian Sampson has a worse ERA so far this year. And he did last year with the Texas Rangers. Now, this is a guy that has been dealing with a lot. Obviously, the death of his father just before the season. It forced him to come back to the States. That has just been a very unfortunate situation, to say the least. Obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to him. But three and six records so far this year. In nine starts, he's won 45 and two-thirds innings. He's given up five home runs. That's not necessarily been bad. The 31 strikeouts to 15 walks, also not terrible. He's just been giving up way too much contact in general. 68 hits in 45 and two-thirds innings. That has led to a 177 whip. It's just not getting better, and it's been highly inconsistent. You take a look at what he's done recently. He has given up at minimum three earned runs in five out of his last eight starts. That is just something that is very unsightly for him, to say the least. And his last start against LG, it was worse of the year. Four and a third innings. He gave up eight runs, but I do think that this could be a little bit of a bounce back spot. You take a look at what you're getting with the SK Wyverns, it's not necessarily very good. Jamie Romack actually leads the KBO in walks, so he's been able to reach base quite a bit, but he's just not providing the power they did during the 2019 season when he was in the top five with cards of KBO home runs. 257 batting average. He's been able to supply 12 home runs, 34 RBI. I will say that Jung Choi has been a little bit better recently, 13 home runs, 36 RBI, and it does make a little bit of a difference that they are getting healthier. Dong Han had six home runs in the first 18 games of the season before he wound up missing right around a month and a half or so. He just hasn't necessarily looked like himself ever since coming back. He does have one home run, but with that said, batting average now hovering right around 266. Ji Hoon Choi has seen a dip in his batting average as well. It was a 300 for quite a while. Now it's back down to an 8, 280. And then when you take a look at the Lote Giants, this is a team that, in my opinion, has has a little bit of a better bullpen than SK, and we take a look at Lote as well. Dejoli is just a reliable hitter in general, he's like the Matt Stairs of this league. He's a professional hitter 312 batting average, 11 home runs, 49 RBI. Like what he's able to bring to the table. And Dixon Machado, all of a sudden, has really gotten into it with regards to the bat. 283 batting average. He's had multi-hit games in three of the team's last six games, so he certainly has had the nice come up there. And then you take a look at what you're getting out of a guy like a Hoon Jung, 319 batting average. He hasn't necessarily been supplying a lot of power, but a guy that has been able to do so and do so very well Dong Hee Han. This guy is just hitting bombs right now. Nine home runs. The 245 batting average is a little bit low, but this guy is able to hit some moon shots. And then us Sun, 351 batting average. I think that you've just got too many bats for this Lote team. And with Ricardo Pinto not being able to locate, I think that's just a recipe for disaster. I think that Lote's bullpen is a little bit better as well. So for that reason, I like it a Lote. The fact that I'm taking the Giants and I'm going to be taking this total over as well. And that will wrap things up. For the Monday evening slash Tuesday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast, I'd like to thank Jason Collette of RotoWire for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you ever have a question for the podcast, write it into my timeline. It's here 41. Hopefully, you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I will talk to you guys once again tomorrow. And just a reminder, MLB Picks going to be coming up soon. It will be on the Thursday morning slash Wednesday evening edition of this podcast. So be on the lookout for that. And
2: thank you so much for tuning in.